Hello and welcome. My name is Courtney Whitney. I'm a tenacious follower of Jesus, an army wife, and a mother to six precious souls, two of whom came to a special delivery from China. We own a big red van that carts our tribe around. On this podcast, we explore stories of ordinary people living bravely. We're so glad you've joined us for this conversation from the BRV. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I have Courtney Bradshaw on the podcast this week, and Courtney and I met while we were stationed in Alabama. Courtney's also a fellow homeschool mom, and we met at uh, Will Classical Conversations. I guess that's where we met. And so, um, Courtney, actually, not we didn't go down the same adoption road, but kind of a adopted at the same time it was kind of a a similar we were kind of in the early stages I guess of having our kids at home and working through some stuff so that was very nice to have someone and also you're getting Courtney squared today because my friend's name is Courtney and my name's Courtney (laughs) so that's real fun um anyway so so Courtney has um adopted through the foster system and Courtney I'm just gonna let you kind of fill us in on a few of the blanks like you're married and you have kids and where you live and all the fun things so go for it okay well thank you Courtney yes so I'm Courtney Bradshaw and we live um, in Opelika Alabama but my husband works in Auburn it's um, they're very close to one another we've been here about a year my husband David's a pastor um, at a church in Auburn and we have six children Um, Our oldest three are biological children, and they are 15, 12, and 9. And our youngest three children have been with us for three years, um, but they were officially Bradshaws in April. So they came through the foster care system, and they are um, three, four, and um, seven years old now, currently. Yes. Right. Uh, I homeschool, like Courtney said, and I work for our, um, uh, for classical conversations, which is our curriculum that we use. I work for the company. Um, yeah, that's me. <laughs> All right. There you go. Courtney, <laughs> I can't remember. Did you grow up in Alabama? I can't remember. I did. I did. You did. That's yes. right. And David too, or no? He did. We lived in North Carolina for a while while he was in okay. seminary. Okay. And then we moved back to Alabama. We've been back in Alabama about eight years now. So okay. yeah. all my three biological children were born in North Carolina. So. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That's a little <laughs> so. tidbit. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we talked about the fact that you fostered, fostered to adopt. Um, yes. So what made you kind of, were you and David on the same page? What made you guys decide yes, we're doing this foster thing. You already had three bio kids. Um, so what yeah. made you say, yep, we're doing this. Um, so we've been married for 17 years and now, I mean, not then, I guess, but we have off and on talked about adoption. We have friends who adopted and that always would bring up, you know, Hey, is that what God's calling us to do? And at, for a long time, it would be one really me. I think I would say, Hey, is this something you think God would call us to. And a lot of times it was, um, just wasn't the timing of it. And for, even for a while, we had come to the point of, 
we really feel like our money and our time would be better spent um, in missions mm. than um, in orphan care. And so we did, you know, short-term mission trips or um, worked towards uh, helping our church establish missions. Um, we try to, to stay focused in that. And then, um, well, about four years ago, um, we were really considering um, in James where it talks about, you know, um, caring for orphans and widows. And David was pastoring a church that had um, a significant amount of widows. And we felt like, you know, we were really heeding the call um, to help and to serve uh, widows, um, but we were not um, doing anything to help with orphans. And so, I mean, we'll, not orphans. We do, you know, we have a child with, um, that we sponsor and that sort of thing. And our church was, um, partnering with the Baptist children's home, the group home. So we would work with them some, but just not really, I mean, not really taking, um, any sacrificial time to help with orphans. And, um, so we started talking about it. We uh, attended an information meeting where they had um, multiple representatives where foster care, adoption, um, uh, you know, domestic as well as international adoption. And they all spoke to us. I left feeling like we would probably try to adopt internationally. Mm. Um, and David, I don't know, he, he was just in the gathering of information mode. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but we, our church was going to help at the Baptist children's group home, um, not long after that. And it turned out that, um, our family ended up just being the ones to go that day. And we spent the day with the kids and playing and, you know, feeding them pizza and just hanging out. And we left and our three kids said, couldn't we do this? Couldn't we help kids who need help um, while they're waiting for their parents? Um, and that to me was the answer to foster care um, was when our kids said, why, why aren't we doing this? And so we said, you know what, we've actually been looking into it and you know how God just so happens. Uh, foster care classes had an opening that started just a couple of weeks later. <laughs> so we so jumped there in. Have it. Yes. <laughs> so there we had it. Yes. So that's how we got into it. Um, we did not go into it planning to adopt. Okay. We were there to foster. Um, we jumped, I mean, we really caught the vision of family reunification and um, our desire was to see um, families, back together and just to be a, a help and however that could be in mentoring families. Um, we really wanted to have a relationship with their biological family and, and to see if we could help, um, you know, lead them to the Lord if necessary and, um, mentor them and, and get their families back together. Um, but the Lord had different plans for us than that. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, um, we never planned necessarily to adopt, but we're open to it if necessary. Um, sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So 
that's how we got and got started, I guess. Yeah, that's how it all sort of came to fruition. Okay, so that, that's interesting because uh, you talk about the kids saying, uh-huh. hey, what on earth? Why are we not doing this? <laughs> Caitlin, before, I mean, we had decided to adopt Evan or I guess we hadn't decided on Evan, but we had decided to adopt anyway. And she was the one when uh, we were back and forth and should we adopt Evan and oh, should we look for whatever, you know, just considering medical needs and blah, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was the one who said, well, mom, if we don't adopt him, who will? It was like, come on. And I'm like, well, for crying out loud, I guess that's how it has to be. Then. Um, for yeah. them, it's just simple. Well, yeah. we, we, we could help. Why yeah. can't we help? You know? And, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very, very that's simple. Was for us. <laughs> yeah. Similar, similar things. Um, so the goal was not always to foster, to adopt. It was really, you said you caught the vision of fostering thinking we're going to reunify children with their families like that was the hope and the plan if you will Um, but you but that obviously didn't end up happening in your scenario it didn't I mean we we were able to um, establish a relationship with their family now the children that are our kids that we adopted are our they are our only placement we never had any other foster families that came through or foster children um and so that's why I said the Lord had completely different plans than we did because we thought we would help lots of families. And um, really God brought us to foster care for our three children. Um, they are, a, they're a sibling group. Um, again, we had three spots open in our home and they, our social worker, or our caseworker said, would you like to be, how many kids would you like to be licensed for? And we said, well, Surely they won't give us three right away, right? Surely not. (laughs) Surely not. But but we would hate to say we have space available and we're not willing to to take them. So we said, well, three, if we can, you know, why not three? And um, Courtney, it was, I mean, the Lord orchestrated so many things over our time frame, but our paperwork sat on a desk waiting to be signed over Thanksgiving holidays that year. And, um, none of, I mean, I, my plans did not happen the way that I thought they would. Um, but the Lord knew, and I know he brought us to foster care for these three children. That's what he did. And, um, and for their mom, I mean, we, we still have a relationship with her. And so some of the things I wanted, I still have the, ability to do um it's not it's very tentative but we do we are still able to do that um just not in the hopes that they will go back home to her but so that they will still know her and that she will know the lord and that she will have support from someone um so anyway that's what we i don't know god uses a little bit of what we hope i guess he gave us that desire but then he completely used it the way he wanted to <laughs> and for his good purpose and not yes. mine. Yes. Things would have looked very different if it was my plan. <laughs> Isn't that the way it is? Yes. Um, that's, that's great. But I'm glad you pointed that out because there are those little, 
you know, we're in process for Liberia and mm -hmm. there have been times where we thought, why is this particular piece taking so long or why? And we still mm -hmm. don't know why, but I feel like potentially we will eventually find out why. And it's given mm -hmm. me kind of that piece of like, well, I mean, you know, <laughs> it'll happen when it happens and <laughs> God's got it figured out. That doesn't mean there's not times where I'm like, can we all just get it together here? But, um, right. <laughs> you know, can we just not have the paperwork take three trillion years? But I do know that there's a purpose for it in all that waiting. Yes. Well, that to me has been the most, that was the most frustrating thing of foster care yes. was the not being in control. Yes. Yes. And not having all of it um, go the way I thought it should huh? every time. Um, we actually had a fabulous caseworkers. Mm. We did not have the problems that you hear from some with the, mm. with turnover or um, lack of communication. We had, if it was, we had the best of the best. Um, they it. worked with us so well. Um, yeah. I actually remember reaching out to a friend who fostered and adopted. And I said, I was the mama um, who needed a doula and a midwife. Um, and I need somebody to hold my hand through this. And she said, you're not going to get that mm. with foster care. But mm. I did though. I mean, I did, I had that. And so I love it. Um, it was great. I mean, I, I needed that. It was the longest pregnancy of, I mean, yes, my life, which, yes. you know, <laughs> yes, the longest one yes. <laughs> by far. Yes. <laughs> you're, and at that. <laughs> yes. What? Yes. Oh my goodness. So speaking of, you know, different hmm. challenges, yes. uh, we, you know, on here, I like to talk about things that Yes, there are beautiful joys, but I also like to talk about things that, as Nathan says, are not in the brochure. And <laughs> I would love to hear some of the things that weren't in your brochure, Courtney. <laughs> what were the challenges or what, I mean, whether they're foster care specific, whether you mm -hmm. had struggles with when are we going to get a court date, whatever, you know, all that sort of thing uh -huh. to challenges with behavior or challenges with, um, you know, I know you're dealing with, you know, biological parents and you're dealing with mm -hmm. lots of different. So what are some challenges? Tell us, tell me some. Yeah. So specific to foster care and the system, right? What That's what everybody says. Um, the hardest part for me, again, was the lack of control. So we were to be their advocates. We were to, um, to, to try to make everything that we, you know, to do everything to help them, but we had zero rights and um, really legally nothing that we could, that we could do to change anything. Thankfully, I had caseworkers who listened and who really took our um, advice to heart. And even the judge that we saw several times, although we did have some things with the judge later, he wanted to hear from us and wanted to know how they were doing and wanted to see um, what was happening with them. And he cared about the children. They all did. They all really cared about what was best for them. Um, but the system is that you have to, you kind of have, you have to follow a process and you have to walk through this. And so we did that. 
Um, but there was a lot of back and forth in the beginning. Um, they were tracking to go home and we were happy about that. We were hopeful, um, but that changed and we were devastated for them and for their parents. And, um, and then there was another family member out of state. So things were going to go longer. You know, there's just so many things that delayed everything. Um, and they have to walk those paths first. They have to walk the path of family first. Um, and so we tried, we tried with that, but it was so, it can be so frustrating to not have any say and, um, and to not, I mean, just to be at the mercy of whatever delay comes and then COVID came right in the middle of it. And so any, we, you know, we had, they had filed for, um, the termination of rights, but we did not have a court date set. Therefore it all got postponed months and months because of COVID. And then other challenges that happened once we did have court dates, um, were also kind of COVID related, just lack of, I don't know, lack of things that they needed, um, recording purposes. So everything got pushed back again and again, and it was very, very difficult to walk through those delays. Um, but like we were talking about those delays brought their mom to a place where she was ready and where she understood her limitations. Um, we had built up enough of a relationship together that she knew her children were safe and loved and cared for. And it empowered her to make the decision to say, this is right for them to stay, um, which bridged the gap in our relationship that it wasn't, um, I mean, it was traumatic and difficult, but it was also beautiful. And um, I'm so grateful to her to be um, the mom who chose, she chose life in the first place, but then she chose again for them, you know, yes. and, um, and we, I, I don't think that would have happened without all the delays <laughs> that were so frustrating in the moment. Yes. Um, yes. And so, yeah, that was frustrating. <laughs> yes. That yes. was difficult. Yes. And it is, I do say there are great things about biological families, you know, as having that relationship, but it is still a very delicate dance and trying to establish a new family and what does that look like and how much access should they have and um it's it's a lot um to know it's a lot it's a lot to know how to to deal with that and we're still tiptoeing through it you know with their families but we want them to know them we want them to to, as they grow and they have questions and they want to know, you know, them, we want that to be available, but it's hard to, it's hard to know, um, what the right thing is and where boundaries should be. Um, and I'm always one to be closer. I want to hold my boundaries tight and then eventually let that out. And that can be frustrating for them. You know, I want to, give a little at a time, but that is frustrating for them, um, for their families. And I understand that. I mean, I get it. I do. Um, 
but it's, it, that's been a difficult road. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. dynamic with biological, their biological relatives. Yes. Is a big challenge. It I is. Imagine that. Yes. Sure. Yes. Um, what, I mean, what about like behavioral stuff with the kids and trauma sure. behaviors and things that you've come up against maybe um, even with <laughs> your bio kids like how they've dealt with their new siblings all that sort of thing yeah yeah so we have had um, a lot of I don't know a lot I would say for me it's felt like a lot of behavior issues but nothing um, dangerous or super violent, but just those everyday frustrating things, um, for us. And this was a difficult thing for us that I think we got wrong, um, in the beginning is that they came to us without a lot of knowledge of anything. There had been very little, um, help that they were given in their, um, early stages. So, our oldest was three, the middle, the, our, our youngest son was um, almost two and our daughter was five months old. So she, things were for her were very different than the boys. Um, but I mean, even little things like um, our oldest, he had s- struggles with um, speech and um, the rhythm and cadence in which he talked was very strange. Um, he had a vocabulary, but he didn't really know how to interact or have a conversation. And just within a couple of weeks, it changed just from talking to him. Um, but the, but our youngest son, he had two words at almost two. He said, mama, and he said, eat. And so we had some food related issues with him that anytime you walked into the kitchen, or sat at the dining room table, he would just cry and scream, eat, eat. And um, so it was hard, you know, it was hard to know. Yes. We still have, I mean, it's been three years and we still have food related issues that we walk through daily. Um, and then um, also for him, um, sensory problems, that I think you see in, in children who just um, were neglected when they were babies. And so um, he was not in an orphanage and not picked up. He was with people, but he has some sensory seeking behaviors that, um, that I really feel stem from some of the, that neglect. Um, and I want to be sensitive if, people hear this, you know, of course, course. their privacy, but I do, we do have some of that. Um, that first night was very hard for the oldest. Um, I'm a sleep routine type of person and you want to do all the things they tell you to do, you know, you need to sit with them and give them all the time. And, and I tried, and I did that, um, with him, but he cried and was up most of the night scared and Um, really what he needed after that was routine. And we stuck to a very specific routine to go to bed that only I could do. He wouldn't let my husband do that um, for months, but that has not regressed. You know, there are some things it's weird how the, 
how trauma has a, a, a memory. Yes. <laughs> so some things I see that and um, things, new things come up or um, old things return um, in waves. It's not, it's not, everything is not always there. It right. comes back in waves. Yes. Um, but but that was one of the things that I thought was going to be hard. <laughs> and I'm a person who needs sleep and <laughs> all of that. Yeah, me too. I don't function well uh, without sleep, but, um, but routine helped him with that one. Um, that was something that helped a lot. I don't know if you want specific things, but those are, they're hard to, tr- you know, tantrums are really hard on your biological children, because they are like, you would never have let me act that way. Yes. Yeah. Um, we have dealt with that as well. <laughs> yes. So, you know, and when we moved from, um, when we moved to Opelika, that started back up with our oldest. I think that was a, um, he was afraid, you know, that, um, I guess it was just new and, and difficult. And then another big thing for us, Courtney, I don't know if you deal with this. I've heard of some others, but special days, holidays, anybody's birthday, we have, we struggle. Oh, every day of the week. (laughs) Not every day of the week, every special day of the week. Right. Well, it's like if it's someone else's birthday, we're going to have a lot of tantrums and crying and sadness. And I don't know if it's a. I don't know. I, and then like this, even this year, when I put up the Christmas decorations, we had tantrums every day for two weeks, mm. every day. Mm. And I, I don't know exactly what that is. I don't know if it's, I'm afraid or something has changed or I'm afraid you're not going to see me or I, they didn't get things or that were promised. I'm not yes. sure, but those are really hard when it's, you know, when it's your birthday, and your brother cries all day long. Yep. It's really it's hard. Really hard. <laughs> I, yes, a hundred percent. Poppy does not display that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to be whatever. I mean, they all, they both come from just, I'm not blaming. I know you're not either like blaming, right. the kid, whatever. Yes. I, we're not doing that, but yes, Evan, a hundred percent. I just, Oh my word. It was terrible. It is. And I think it was funny because it happens a lot with Evan. He did pretty well over Christmas, which I mean, I'm always like, look, it's a good Christmas day. This is amazing. But um, birthdays to me, I mean, just my personality, I've always Mm -hmm. loved celebrating people's birthdays. I think it's, I don't know. I just love it. And I love celebrating the person. I just wanted to be like, you do whatever you want. This is going to be your special day. And then when I got another kid and I'm like, all right, you know what? (laughs) I'm done with this tantrum, but I don't know what, what, but it's, it has been very, very challenging with Evan and somebody else's birthday. Like, yes, very challenging. Yes. And that, and they are similar age. And so I think, I don't know if that's part of it, but if, when it's someone else's birthday. Now he's also very sweet and wants to give them his things. Like he yes. will bring anything that's special to him or money from his, that, that he get that he has, you know, from his allowance, he wants yes. to give it to them. Yep. And I'm, and I will tell them we had it yesterday. We had a birthday party to go to, and he wanted yeah. to give them money. And I said, that's so nice, buddy. 
Um, but we bought them a gift. You don't have to give them your things as well, because I've always wanted to protect the things that were theirs Yes, and that they came with and that they had before. Yes. Um, and those were some of the things that he wants to give. That he, he loves people. He's not trying to hurt them, right? but his little body just cannot handle someone else's birthday. Yep. Yep. It is a very strange, yeah. hundred percent strange dynamic in our house as well. I, and I don't know where all that comes, you know, like the trauma that the trigger. I don't, yes. I don't know if it's a, you know, a poverty mentality that they didn't have, or if there's some, I don't know, but We also saw, um, triggers happening with, um, they were removed from their home when our daughter was six weeks old and then they had another sister born the next year. And when she was born and we still were interacting with their family, that's when we still thought they were going to go home. There was a, it was a major trigger. And so I don't know if it was because a sister was born. Therefore I think, you know, and so I don't know if it's a, if that's the birthday thing, I don't, I don't know, but I, I don't think it has a specific trigger because I've heard it a lot yes. with other adoptive families. Yes. Agreed. It is a common thing. There's it's interesting. I mean, just, I'm glad you brought that out. Cause those are just like little specific things that you don't necessarily I mean, I don't know that I wasn't prepared for that. I didn't no. <laughs> understand why this was happening, you know, and I, yes. had to check, I had to check myself. Like I would just get legit upset with him. Like, what is going mm-hmm. on, dude? This is somebody else's birthday. <laughs> yes. You're not well, going to do this. Yes. Yeah. And hearing that other people struggle with that helps me to know, okay, this isn't him. This is trauma. And, um, and that's, I think, I think I chased a rabbit, but that was the thing I think we did wrong in the beginning is that we kind of wanted to fix them before they went back home. Mm. We wanted all the things that were wrong to go back so that they could be the most successful they could when they return. And that is just completely wrong. (laughs) Okay. I mean, it's good to know that, you know, I haven't, that particular piece I did. I haven't dealt with. So, right. And so I think it, we had to stop seeing what was wrong and just see where they were and love them and care for them in that so that, you know, so that we wouldn't look at it as something or a problem to be fixed, but, but just, this is who you are. And this is, although, um, it was not God's good purpose and plan that you go through this trauma. He allowed it as part of your life um, to shape you into the person that he wants you to be for the call that he has for you. And so how do we walk through that together? Um, It's hard. (laughs) It's hard to not see it as a, um, as a problem that just needs better parenting. Yes. Than I can give, you know, it's not that it's, there's much more to it than that. I'm glad you brought that out. Cause most of the time I think, well, we did something wrong. I don't know how to fix this. <laughs> yes. But I get you like, yeah, there is a level of having to just accept them in the spot where they are and work with what you got. 
and give yeah. grace where you need to give it, you know? Anyway. Yeah. Well, and that, and give it to yourself as well. And that give grace to yourself and that when the hard thing comes back, because eventually, you know, some things kind of go away for a little while and things feel really good. And then when you feel really good, you think, Oh, bam, <laughs> it comes back. Oh, wait, I thought we were past this, right? I thought we were past this. And then here it is again. And it might look a little different, but it's really the same thing. Um, then you think, well, what did I do wrong? What did I not do to help? Why are they not feeling loved enough? Or why are they not being cared for enough? Or do I not like them enough? Yes. That's I hate real. to say that, but it's, it's true. Life. But really, it's just that trauma has a really long memory and, and the enemy hates families also, and he's going to bring it back. He knows what works Yep, (laughs) and he's going to keep bringing it back up. So I think giving grace to them, giving grace to ourselves and hanging on to Jesus as tight as we can, man, all of it. Yes. That last (laughs) part is real. (laughs) um oh my word well we talked about rough stuff tell me good stuff tell me the best parts tell me the joys tell me the parts you're like wow I'm really glad we did this oh well they're my children and I love them and in the same way I'm really glad we had our oldest three I'm really glad that these three are part of our family and I know you probably feel this way um we walk out of the house and everybody looks at you with your eight people walking around and we don't have a big red van. We have a little bitty pilot and everybody thinks, how do you fit everybody in that car? And so we start coming out like a clown car. I love it. That's we get hysterical. the looks, you yeah, know, I- we get the looks when, you know, I thought, I think I would have always thought it would feel as hard as it did in the beginning with so many, because we went from three to six you know, in a month's time or in three weeks time. And so, um, I thought it would always feel that hard to go anywhere, but now I start thinking, is this everybody? Do I have everybody? Cause this doesn't feel that much. You know, it just is, it's just our family. And we just, if it, I don't know, that's, I don't know how to explain that Courtney, but it just feels right and whole and like us and normal, I guess. Yes. Um, so in the same things that are good about having children biologically, having them with us is good because we bond and we love one another and we're connected. Seeing the light bulb moments happen for them, um, is beautiful. Um, hearing them speak about Jesus and to know the Lord and to love church and to love um jesus is the best thing you know in the same way and that's the thing it's it's the same that excitement and that love is there i mean it's hard (laughs) and it's not the same sometimes but it is the same love and it is the same family um so that's the best things that you know to see to see my family grow and to love them and to bond with them and the connection they have with one another um, is 
beautiful as well, you know, and that our families have for them. They've been accepted by our family. And, um, you know, our family looks a little different than what you think of sometimes when you think adoptive families, we all look the same. Yes. And I mean, even to the point where our youngest daughter probably looks more like our oldest daughter than the two biological sisters do. Look alike. That's wild. <laughs> yes. And so people don't necessarily know just because they look at us, but sometimes I want them to. And I want to think that their, their kids are more places. <laughs> yes. I have a pass on these three. I have yeah, a pass. I know. I <laughs> that's terrible but sometimes you want an excuse for it know. you know, know. But, oh yeah oh but okay. we don't have to we could just blend in with all the other large families we just look like a big family but right um uh yeah anyway I don't know that that's necessary <laughs> for no. today but, but it so is um, yeah but they just are they are our family and it's beautiful um beautifully hard <laughs> exactly beautifully hard that's right. hard and messy and all the things but they are I mean they they fit right in with us um and they yeah I don't feel that there's any part of our family that's lacking um I feel like we're whole because we're together that's wonderful you mentioned that sibling connection and mm-hmm. I it is so very fun to me to just little things that, you know, siblings would do for each other. Yesterday or day before, whenever it was, we were at the library and Evan made sure he picked out a book for Caitlin. I was mm-hmm. like, no. I mean, <laughs> right. the six-year-old is making sure the 14-year-old is reading material. But I just think that it was really great. Like he was considering... Mm-hmm things that she liked and so he picked out a book about you know animals that she liked or whatever and and to listen to like Evan and Violet laugh is the best thing they're just back and forth laughing hysterically and Poppy's just sort of along for the ride (laughs) but she's like what are y'all doing I guess I'll sit here and watch this but it is beautiful to watch that happen even though they did show up as you know the bios did right it's still yeah. beautiful it is 100 yeah. percent. have your bio kids had any like have they said oh mom this is so rough or what kind of struggles have you seen with them any or has it been have they been kind of resilient I don't know if that makes any sense but all of the above yeah everything <laughs> yeah yeah I mean they um Andrew specifically, so he's my youngest and he was the only boy and the youngest before, um, our other three came. So, um, we have two girls and then three boys and then a girl. So Andrew had his only, he had a room to himself. He never had to share really his things. Um, and then all of a sudden he now had two brothers sharing his room. And in the beginning, a lot of his things got broken really easily. And, um, all of our favorite books got ripped up, you know, just things that were really hard. And, um, and so it was difficult in the beginning and I tried really hard to protect things that were his, um, 
which I think in turn made him really possessive of the things that were his. Um, but over time that has evened out more and, um, Andrew and Gavin are two peas in a pod and they are, you know, almost seven and nine. And so they are good friends and buddies and they play together and they do all the things together. Um, Andrew was also a really timid kid before and being a big brother seems to have, I don't know if it's giving him competition or what, but he's brave and confident now where he was not before. Um, but the, you know, like I said before, the tantrums that take your t- all of your time in the beginning with foster care, and I'm sure this is like this for anything, but with foster care, there are just so many appointments and there are so many things. We had weekly visits with family, then there's all the doctor's appointments that you have to do to catch everybody back up and therapies if you're doing therapy and all of these things that so much time was being taken just in running around and doing all of those things that the kids were just like, this is a lot, you know, this is difficult and this is a lot and disrupts our school day. And it, you know, all these things. Um, but it, it eventually calms down and eventually things become normal and routine, but it's difficult. And so there were a lot of times that, our biological kids, but even we as parents would say, I kind of just miss the five of us. And so we say we would do things that were just for us five, you know, just for us. And, um, we'd have special game nights or, um, we even got respite care a couple of times so that we did a trip together. Um, it's been a couple of days together. Um, so we tried to really focus on them and then I mean, it doesn't happen as much now because it, 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 we, it's more distinguished as you're older. So we might do something that only older kids can do because you're old enough for this and they're not, not because you were ours first, you know, and I tried to explain it to him. If I had had another baby, it wouldn't just be us five, but we also wouldn't be distinguishing the difference here anymore. You know, we wouldn't be saying well, I don't want to have that one here. Or I, you know, I get, I miss that. We might have, we do miss it. You know, you miss when it was just you and your husband sometimes, yes. <laughs> you know, right. before all the kids started, before all of this madness, them. you yes. know, you don't remember this, but when your sister was born and you went from being the only child, I'm sure we missed this, but, um, you know, there's those things. And then there's also, we went from being a family of five to a family of eight, So it's harder to do normal things. It's harder to go visit someone. It's harder to go. um, It's more expensive to go anywhere. Yep. (laughs) To go out to dinner with, you know, kids. And then I'll, then kids from with sensory things and, you know, that are just have trouble regulating excitement. So then everything is harder. And so, we don't do as many things. We're probably not going to go to Disney anytime soon <laughs> you know, yes. Yes. because everything is more expensive. Yes. Um, yes. So there are those things, you know, that, that are hard, but they're also 
good things with it, you know? Um, and they, they see that a lot that, oh, why can't we go and why can't we go to the movies when we want? Or why can't we do this or that? Well, the same reason we couldn't do it when you were that age, first of all. Right. Right. <laughs> but also it's just, it's just more, it's more expensive. Um, we have family that's so great. My mom comes a lot and helps with watching them so we can do things, but, but still, I mean, there's a lot of us. And so nothing is easy when there are a lot of you. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> I have felt that 100%. Yeah. You it, sit at the same table sometimes at a fast food restaurant, you know, <laughs> 100% don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> the big kids normally are like, uh, we'll sit on the other side of the restaurant while you yes. <laughs> deal yes. with this insanity. Yeah, we anyway. did that the other day and a lady came up to us who had just had her first baby. Oh, she said, are all of these yours? I said, yes, they are. They're all mine. And before we left, she said, what kind of car do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I'm real confused on how this happens. Yeah. Yes. Oh, how do you my. do that? How do you all fit? And I was like, we just, it's like a clown car. We just pack them in. <laughs> Stuff them in. Just get in. Stuff them in. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Good. Oh, man. Well, so as we're considering positive, negative, why you did it, Courtney, what, um, what is something that you feel like, how's your relationship with God grown? Yeah. Because you said you and David were like, yep, we're going to do this. And then you just are plowing through this tough stuff, this messy stuff, this beautiful stuff that's all mixed all together. Mm-hmm. What has that done to your relationship with God or how is it? Well, affected? I mean, it has in, I guess, multiple ways. There are days that I've railed against him and why won't you just do these things my way? Um, but mostly I've had to surrender control to him. Um, I've had to let him lead and guide. And I didn't realize before that I cared so much about being in control. Um, but I did apparently, um, and have just clung to the proverb 16, nine, that says a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. And he has shown me, and he has been so kind to show us the results of, of that. And that, and I'm sure there are more that we don't see, um, but he didn't have to let us see that these delays meant this. I delayed this so that this would happen. And, but he was so kind to us to show us that, you know, and I have felt seen by him and that, and, um, very intimately seen that he knew what was going on and he, and he showed us that fruit and that was very kind. Um, but also, you know, it's, it's hard to, to be obedient to him and not every moment is joyful. And I don't, you know, there have been times where I very much wanted to say, I don't know. And when forever became an option with us, it wasn't an immediate yes from us. I mean, our love for them was forever. And I knew they would always be in our hearts, but we had to really wrestle with this is forever. And this isn't going to get better just because we signed the adoption paperwork. 
and go to court. It doesn't change any behaviors. It doesn't change any trauma. It doesn't automatically make it all better. And there are times we still look at each other. I mean, I think last week we still looked at each other and said, this is forever, forever. Yep. We're going to do this forever. And um, so my prayer on numerous occasions has been from Psalm 51, restore the joy of your salvation and give me a willing spirit. And so even when I don't feel the joy, um, I want to be willing and that I know, and I trust him to restore that to me. And he does faithfully every time. And that's not just restore the joy of motherhood or restore the joy of adoption or of orphan care or of ministry, but it's restore the joy of my salvation. Because you know what? I'm adopted into his family and I bring all of my trauma and all of my sin and all of my dirty things. Um, and so I, he reminds me, Hey, I'm doing this for you and helping you do this for them. As I am also doing this for them. You're not the one who has to fix this. You're not the one who can reconcile any of it. Um, I am. And so he has faithfully restored the joy of my salvation and given me a willing spirit throughout all of it, but it's not coming naturally. (laughs) You know, it's a definite God given miracle of it. Um, you know, so, um, learning to lean into him and learning to grab a hold and not try to do it myself. (laughs) Always, always, always as, um, help me to see him in a different light. Um, and I'm so grateful for that kindness. Yes. You said that so well, Courtney, that was like, <laughs> I feel like everybody has a mic drop moment and that probably was yours. <laughs> Thank We're you good. all. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome for that. Uh, very, very good. <laughs> Those moments of I mean, we have felt that too. I have felt that as well, being pushed into those corners, I guess, mm. where you're like, well, I'm either going to kill you or I'm going to have to ask God to help me love you because I can't hang. <laughs> and yeah, you just, I could not do this. It's not a naturally given thing. Nope. I can't do it. Yeah. And Courtney, you hear so many people say, and I think it makes us feel less than or we're not good enough or the right person for the job when so many were like I saw them and they I loved them they were mine from the beginning Courtney I didn't always feel that I loved them as a person who needed to be loved and a a child who needed to be rescued but because there was a we try we had to keep a barrier we thought they were going home right we didn't know they were already home you know for a long time and yes and so there was an ebb and a flow and a change. And that's something that I don't think we say enough that that's okay. <laughs> that he okay. will grant that. And um, I didn't, but I didn't have that. Oh, you know, that's that forever love moment from the moment I saw them, you know, right. it, 
it has, it's a love that has grown. Grown. And I, I, I likened it to when we were in foster care, you know, we, we were kind of dating them and that love that you have. And even before the wedding with your, you know, even before you totally commit to your spouse, um, that changes things. That commitment changes the way you love them yes, and the way that your love can grow and change. And so get, and maybe that was the thing for us. Maybe that's why that total commitment wasn't there yet until we said yes, mm-hmm. completely yes to forever. Um, it was harder to see them as ours, um, but they are now. I mean, you heard me say that's the best part is they're ours and they're whole. It, it did happen and it yes. does happen. Um, but there are moments that, I mean, there are moments with my bio kids that I'm like, I don't know if I like you right now. <laughs> Preach. Preach it all every day. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, it's not just because. Nope. 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 Or nope. adoption. <laughs> Uh, and I'm Woo. sure there are lots of moments they feel the same way. Mom, I just uh-huh. don't like, let tell me, I just don't like you right now. That's yep. okay. I Pretty don't like sure. you right now either. It's mutual. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's very real. I just really appreciate your, your realness, Courtney, because yeah. it, you know, like I said, I wanted to hear some not in the brochure moments and you know, that's, <laughs> that's real life. <laughs> Yes. There's lots of stuff that is not in the brochure and the, right? like, you just kind of have to, you know, you, you walk it through, but that that's, that's true. I, I will say I'm thinking through, like, I mean, my, our situation, obviously different mm-hmm. with adopting yes. internationally, but I will say I did see Evan's picture and it was like, that kid is mine, but, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I mean, he came home and I'm like, hang on. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what is going on. You were real cute in an email, but you're <laughs> sending me over the edge today. Yeah. So yeah, I 100% get that. Definitely. So if somebody's considering foster care, Courtney, mm-hmm. like somebody's processing, should we, shouldn't we, why, why not all the things. Is yes. there any piece of advice that you would give them or I have something? Three to- things. I love it. Do it. Three concise things. Um, one is just do it. If you're considered considering it, I feel like there's a reason. So um, do it scared, but do it, you know, jump in. And um, it may not be that you're called to adopt or to foster, but there are so many ways that you can help and being licensed in the foster care system gives you access to help in ways that you couldn't otherwise. So go to the class, just go to the classes and find out. Um, I know I've, I've, I've made it very clear that it's hard on this, on this yeah, um, it is. Talk, but, but it is worth it as well. Um, they are worth it. Even if it, if you never feel fun or happy or joyful in it, it was worth it. Um, so that was my first thing. Just do it. Find out ways that you can help, even if it is um, being um, Courtney Whitney, who calls you up or texts you and says, how can I buoy you today? And I say, Courtney, just asking lifted me today. Thank you. (laughs) You know, just do it. Reach out. Um, The second is that um, 
when, if you do go to the classes, so we, you know, in foster care, there are classes that you have to take and listen to what they say, because we thought this is kind of ridiculous. Like all the things that they go through, this is, you know, it's not, why do we have to go through all these? Well, because they were right. I mean, David and I talked last week, they were right. Everything they said, everything they told us, what it was in the brochure of those classes. It was actually there. Yeah. It was actually there. I mean, you know, it's not there to get you to the class, but in the class, they do everything they can to try to prepare you, even to the point of listing the big things in your life and making you look at it and say, what are you willing to let go in order to do this? And we did. I let go of a position in our homeschool community. My husband was like a town councilman and he had to step away. So what are the things? There are going to be sacrifices. Um, but they're worth it. They're worthy sacrifices. Uh, and, and, and if I'm going to be grateful for Jesus's sacrifice, then I have to be willing to do that as well. Um, but listen to them. They are, they are telling you the truth and it's not just fluff and time feeling information. It's, it's real. <laughs> um, and then the last one is that spiritual warfare is, a, is real. The enemy hates families. Um, and so you need to just as hard as you're going to work on your home to prepare yourself for children, you need to work, um, with the Lord and you need to spend that time, um, knowing him and having a deep and, and good relationship. We thought we were ready and we were not ready. My husband's a pastor and we were not ready. Um, so have a community that's going to pray for you that you can reach out to and that you can be real with um, a real actual community, you know, people that you can look at and say, I can't do this today that will come over and do whatever. But most of all that will pray for you um, because it's important. Um, it's real and it's true and it's important. And um, so that would lead to people saying, well, is it, why would it be worth it then? I don't know. You probably get this question a lot, but a question we got a lot was what is it going to do to my biological kids? Yep. It's going to completely wreck them, but, <laughs> but, but God, right. What is it going to do to them? If you say no, uh, I love that. What will your disobedience do in their life? Mm. If you say no, because of them. And so pray for them, <laughs> teach them to pray. You know, and to be ready um, because it is, it is there. It's real. Um, And we could have a fill a whole nother episode on how it's real (laughs) and what you see, but it is. And so um, don't be, don't overconfidently walk into it. Um, Be humble enough to say, God, I'm going to need help. And, um, and he will, he's faithful. He will do it. Yes. Because he loves families and that is his way of showing the world himself and how he loves you and how he loves the church. So he will, he, he will be faithful, um, to walk you through it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. What you said about the, mm-hmm. you know, their bio kids, cause that, you know, that was a question that popped up in our world. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I do think it's good to consider, you know, how yeah, they're absolutely. feeling about it. 
but what I, I guess I love that you said, what is it going to do to them? If God is like, no, you need to do this. And you say, yeah, I'm not doing that. You know, what is your disobedience going to do to them? And then I also think about what, I mean, they're just seeing this, um, they're seeing their parents choose to trust God in, in a hard place. They they're like, they're watching it happen every day in this and the service and the sacrifice and the sacrifice that they have to, mm-hmm. you know, offer as well. Like that stuff you can't really, you kind of have to live it before yeah. it becomes in your face real. Not that, you know, biblically you can't read it and understand it and whatever, but the concept you of it. <laughs> in your face. Yes. You, you practice it. They have to practice it, you know, and they have to practice loving their enemies sometimes in this and that they're praying for those people who, you know, my kids, they've learned way more than I ever thought they should about life. We learned a lot about bad choices that a person can make and hard choices that a person will make because they don't have a family and they don't have support and they don't have someone there. And my children are more compassionate to that. And they've learned to pray for the person, you you know, bio families sometimes become, they are seen as the enemy. And in some ways, and a lot of times they have done things that hurt their children. And I understand that, but they are also people who need Jesus and they need to be prayed for. And they have real situations and real trauma and real things that they have gone through. Um, and my children have been able to pray for them and they are not our enemy, but I think in a, in a way it is teaching them to pray for the ones that you think might be, I don't know, that might be dressed like, or that you think would be the enemy in that time. Right. Yes. That's, that's another great point bringing that up. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, well, Courtney, what, as we kind of wrap up here, what, sure. anything that you want to stick with people, is there anything that you haven't said or, you know, sort of a thought that you want people to glom onto from our conversation? <laughs> Any, anything, it doesn't have to be anything, but I like to just give you the floor for, you know, a couple minutes if you have something that you haven't had a chance to say and you want to say oh well um, yeah well I will say um I feel like I've said a lot but community is very important um because it can be lonely in this time and so finding people like I said real people who you can look at and talk to it's important and um Courtney you were that for me when our children came home and and you said I mean, there were so many, and that that was a real text that you sent me. How can I buoy you today? And I've used it since for others because it meant so much to me to say, um, you thought about me. We had, you know, I told you widows, we had a lot of widows in our church. And um, I used to think these are widows helping orphans and that there was a lady in our church who would bring us food. I was at the grocery store today and I saw these frozen pizzas were on sale and I thought about you and the pizza was never the thing. It was the, I thought about you today. Um, that meant so much in those lonely moments. And so if you can't be the person to do this, or if you are doing this and you are in a good place, or if you're not 
reach out, if a, even a little text of how can I be with you today? How can I help you? I thought about you today. And so this is what I did. Um, means more than all the accolades that come with, you know, all the, oh, you're the greatest person ever because you're doing this, which is so not true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you only knew. Yeah. Yes. But how, you know, I was thinking about you today and I prayed for you or I was thinking about you today and I, you know, how can I help um, that, that community um, helped us and you were hugely instrumental in that. So I'm grateful to you. (laughs) We're here today because Courtney Whitney uh, lifted me in many ways. (laughs) No, that's not, that's actually not why, but I'm grateful that God, you know, because the Holy Spirit does that. Like he sticks it in your head, like, man, that might be a tough spot. And especially if you have gone through it, like, I think that was part of, you know, God using our situation and me being like, oh, my goodness. Yes, we are, might be in a tough place anyway. So I just am, you know, God just does things like that. And he pops thoughts into heads and yeah, we'll follow the prompting. You know, it doesn't matter a lot. I mean, that was, it does matter years ago. And I, but I keep it with me. I mean, I really do. It meant a a lot. And so, um, and still does. So I try, I've tried to follow your example. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's important to, you know, for each other because I've had, you know, I had people do that for me where it was like, I'm coming over and I'm going to take them. Like I think of my friend, Liz Simmons. I don't know if she'll be listening to this. I should tell her to listen anyway in Alabama. (laughs) And, uh, you know, at that point they lived in a house, had a pool, whatever. And she, yep. There were times where she was like, I think Courtney's hanging on by a very thin thread today. (laughs) And so she would just, you know, like gather all my littles put water wings on them and stick them in her pool <laughs> and like, pool. and give me, you know, give me like an hour mm-hmm. or two to just breathe. And yeah. those kind of things are just like unbelievably enormous. They really are. And I agree with they you are. that it, that it is, even if you can't, you don't have a pool and there's no water wings and whatever, even if you're not in that place where you can just grab a bunch of kids and bring them to your house. I agree with you that there is that like, Hey, I, I am praying for you today. Is there something yes. I can pray specifically for you? Because are you having a rough mm-hmm. moment or not or whatever? Like, I just want you to know that you're on my brain, you know? Yes. You thought about me and that helped me more than anything that you probably could have done in that moment. Besides right. putting water wings, water wings on my kids and yeah. them in the pool. <laughs> right. them but if you have a pool and water wings, then grab the children and put them in yes. the pool. <laughs> yes. This is your command. This is your prompting right now. Go do it. I mean, maybe not right now in January, right? Well, but right. yeah, maybe not right something now. else, something snow jacket else. or whatever. Take a breath. Just yeah. let somebody take a breath. And I also agree, I agree. And I'm grateful that you brought out that even if you are not in a position to foster or, you know, mm-hmm. that is just not your situation at the moment or you can't or whatever, you know, you can send a text, you can take the kids to McDonald's for lunch. You can whatever. Yes. So you can bring a pizza um, by for them. Yep. You can, and you or can, what, you know, whatever. So yep. yeah, exactly. I love it. Great. Well, Courtney, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being my guest. I'm very excited to let everybody hear your story. Oh, thank and you for inviting me. And yes. Feeling and like it, our story was worthy to be heard. Yes. Oh my <laughs> word. Talk about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm grateful to have been able to be, you know, a part of it, a small yeah. part of it. That was really great. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I I'm just grateful that you said yes. And 
Um, I'm looking forward to everyone hearing your story. All right. Thanks, Courtney. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening to this conversation from the BRV. We hope you enjoyed the discussion and that it inspires you to live out your own brave story.